Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. And welcome to the Evil Stepmother Speaks radio show. This is Barb Goldberg of the Evil Stepmother Speaks, and I welcome you today. And, of course, we're going to deal with a subject that's a little bit on the unspeakable side, and that is feelings of competing with your stepchildren. I mean, who does that? Who, as an adult, would compete with children? But when you join a blended family or create a blended family, those feelings can easily happen. And I'm not so sure, to be honest with you, that it doesn't happen in, quote, normal, totally biological families either. But that's not what this show's about. So let's talk about it a little bit. And then we're going to tear it apart, dig into the science, and come up with some solutions. Well, you know, we all know that love is infinite, right? I mean, there is no biological rule about who you love, who you don't love. But, you know, let's face it. Your awake time during the day does have a limit. Your brain's ability to listen and to focus, that has a limit too. So when you envision these kinds of scenarios where it's the end of the day, we've all been at work, finally the kids are down, (laughs) you and your partner are exhausted, but we still have a few minutes where our brains are still working. Dishes are done, and all of a sudden, you really want to tell your partner something that you feel is important. Maybe something happened during the day. Anything. And ring, here goes the cell phone. Who is it? It's a kid. It's a stepchild. Calling your partner to talk about something, anything, They have a question, whatever, and the next thing you know, you could be in mid-sentence, partner's up, grabbing that cell phone, cheery as if it was a bright sunny day, thrilled, tone of voice changes, everything, and it's like life just began anew. And they walk away and start chit-chatting with the children, and it's as if you don't exist. How many can relate? if you have your hands kind of in the air. And I bet you that scenario happens a lot of the time, and maybe for many of you, 80% of the time. It's like you get tired of sharing every every single bit of space, including the audio space or the two seconds you have every day, tired of being put last behind every child, Tired of being shown how last you are, either by being ignored or having every single conversation be about a child, and then you just have this absolutely embarrassing, shameful thought. You kind of feel jealous of the time and attention that the children demand of your partner. And if we were going to be completely honest, it feels competitive, right? Especially when it's visitation time or custody time. And you certainly can tell that the children yearn for that time for their bio parents' attention, and absolutely, rightfully so. 
It's completely understandable. And you know what? Your feelings or our feelings of jealousy, as powerful as they are, are also completely understandable. And remember, like, you know, once you know how your brain works, sometimes when you have feelings of jealousy, they're so powerful, they can literally overcome every other thought that you have or every other positive thought that you have or any kind of positive event that happens. It's like it takes over your brain and you can think of nothing else. It's normal. That's how jealousy tends to work. So step number one, I just want to remind you not to be so hard on yourself. It's, it's normal. It's completely normal. When anyone feels as though they're not getting the attention that they need or deserve, that's when that jealousy kind of creeps in. And let's face it, we're all human beings with a set standard of time, and that's what makes the blended family so complicated is because how do you ferret out that time. I mean, there is no right or wrong answer, but the bottom line of it is, is that certainly for most of us, raising responsible, loving people will be first on our minds. So when anything with children comes up, anything positive, negative, doesn't matter. Think about it. You married a person whose commitment's in the right place. So it's normal for them to just jump to attention and focus on the rearing of those children. So keep that in mind, as much as our brains may be trying to overtake that feeling that we're not getting what we need, think about the person that you committed to and exactly what they're doing or attempting to do. That's the kind of person you wanna be with, right? Didn't you really think about it before you got together that you really wanted someone that was gonna commit and be focused on their children. So don't be hard on them and don't be tough on yourself. You know, you if you keep trying to shove those feelings away or act like they don't exist, it's only gonna make it worse. And so just, you know what? Love yourself, it's okay. It's It comes with the territory. And don't be so sure that it only comes with the blended family territory. I'm here to tell you that it comes with the territory in general. So it's no different than when a couple has been uh, living together for a long time without children, have children, there's that adjustment period as well. And also know that it's completely normal to have your feelings hurt. That as much as you understand the time it takes to raise children, it's okay. It's normal to have your feelings hurt when you feel like you're completely ignored or when you're in mid-sentence and saying something that's important to you Again, you just get, feels like you get ignored again and that what's important to you isn't important to your partner. But also remember this, that jealousy, in a way, is an irrational emotion. It really comes from this place of fear and insecurity, and it's not logical, and um, again, it's just part of being human. And that's what I'd like to talk about a little bit today one of my favorite um, ways of approaching uh, life and actually our lives as blended family members is to really dig into the science as to, you know, why, why are we even feeling like this or even going to that space, right? So let's 
go back to, um, as you guys know, I am a Dr. Martha Beck uh, certified life coach. And um, I'd like to share with you some of the um, knowledge coming from Dr. Martha Beck about the science of why we feel jealous. So think about it like this. Jealousy is really the same as comparing and contrasting. And that's something that humans are naturally born to do. In fact, it's one of the more sophisticated uh, tasks that our brains are able to do versus other uh, members of nature. So when you compare and contrast constantly, um, Asian philosophers used to call that part of the human mind monkey mind. And actually, uh, monkey mind, I think it, it comes from the fact that they have found in studies that baboons also compare and contrast. So, and it's almost when we learn how to compare and contrast, it's really an important part um, of our DNA, and it's a very important task, being able to compare and contrast. So they found that um, baboons carry about 95% of our DNA and a lot of our psychological traits. So they have noticed that baboons can be extremely competitive, like humans, um, and actually have found that the more rank-conscious baboons tend to suffer higher blood pressure and stress-related conditions that we often associated with humans. And that's why Asian philosophers refer to the rank-obsessed human thinking as monkey mind or comparing mind. Sometimes people call it crazy mind because when you're constantly measuring yourself against others, it literally shortens our lives. And it robs us of the very things that we think it will bring, right? More love, more peace, maybe even more money, more pr prosperity. Of course, we see that a lot in business. So, but the big difference between humans and baboons is that we can literally think our way out of monkey mind, where it's yet to be proven that baboons can do the same. Why? Because we can notice that we're doing it. So, again, let's go, by, go back to our comparing and contrasting minds. So it's a really valuable human skill, right? Our ability to rank order things is really important trait to give us that ability to make choices and setting priorities. But we get into trouble when that comparing mind is the only kind of perception that we get, that we access in our brains. And, you know, think about this. You can think about yourself when I say the next sentence. You know, are you the type of person that every gathering, every conversation, every friendship becomes a contest? Have you ever noticed that maybe, that you have some of that? You know, that ability or that notion that I've got to win. Is someone else going to be, and especially for those, for those of us girls, right? We're used to this. Who's prettier? Who's thinner? Who's smarter? Who's better? Uh, can you relate? So it's really when you think about it now. Now let's step back for a minute. This is where monkey mind really comes into play because it's really sort of outside the realm of human perception. Because think about it. This idea of being better 
in the broader scope of things, is really meaningless. So, as Dr. Beck says, why, if I ask you to go out and say, please bring me the best stick, please go into the park and bring me back the best stick, you would be like, what, how can you have a, the best stick? It doesn't make any sense. It's because it really doesn't make any sense. And you might ask, well, the best stick to do what? I mean, digging? Um, are you going to toast a marshmallow with it? What are you going to do? So see a stick that's ideal for one thing might be useless for another. And that makes this constant comparing mind a setup for failure. So if you're the best at one thing and the worst at something else, um, you might be, you know, it's the same thing when we talk about um, comparing the love our partners have for their children to the amount of love, if you will, that they would have for ourselves. Um, and so, you know, when you say to yourself, oh, I really have to stop comparing. I really, it's really not the same thing. Oh, my God. And, you know, pretty much every single person has that. So it's like asking yourself to ignore that trait within our DNA is probably not going to work, right? And when we think about how in past classes, um, when we talk about, you know, speaking to the universe, it's any kind of law of attraction or new agey type of thing, when the more you say, I don't want to do something, you know what happens. The more that that trait or that action happens, because that's basically the way it works. So, um, but I also wanted to remind you also that not only is this notion of comparing and competing entrenched in our brain's DNA, it's also quite entrenched in our Western way of living. So think about it when we go back to like the 16th century in Calvinism. Um, it's very, it's part of like our Western democracy was really built um, on this notion of this religion of Calvinism. It's where the notion of our economic system came from. And if you think about the heart and soul of that religion, it's a belief that God would show favor by bestowing wealth and other forms of success on what they called like the chosen people. And if you think about that, that type of thing is kind of um, uh, the heart and soul of many religious beliefs. So it naturally brings along with it people trying to show their innate worth and trying to, you know, show that they're better than the next. And so think about that. So it's also a sociological phenomenon. Again, no blame on yourself. Just trying to explain where all of this is kind of coming from. So remember that competitive nature, it's like bred into your cell, cells and reinforced over and over and over again in countless social interactions, right? And so it keeps sneaking up on us constantly in business and how we work. And I would make the argument that right now like, society has become even more competitive. You know, those things that we value, it's constantly winning. Sports has risen um, as almost like a religion in its own way, constantly showing that we're better by, you know, showing material things. So society seems to have bred an even more competitive world that we're living in. So here are some things that 
you might see in yourself, I'm just going to throw them out there and just see if, if you can relate to any of these that in general you notice about yourself in life. Um, you get kind of irritable or mad or pissed when someone else succeeds. You have feelings a lot of not feeling loved or that you're a loving person. Let me just stop on that one and say ding, ding, ding. Um, are you the type of person that when you meet someone who's really successful, you get nervous or anxious? Um, do you think the end justifies the means? Do you hope sometimes that for other people to do badly or to fail? Um, you don't really know what you like until you know what other people are thinking. And here's one. You're dogged by shame because you just never feel good good enough. Let me put a ding-ding by that one. You never feel good enough. Um, when you do win something and something great happens, the happy moment's brief, and then it goes gives way right away to anxiety. And that you criticize a lot of people, a lot of people around you, and that you think that everyone is criticizing you. Let me put a little ding-ding by that. And let's uh, move away for just a second and when I was researching, um, doing this particular subject, it made me think immediately of Dr. Brene Brown's work. Um, she's the um, uh, great author who writes a lot about shame and the whole notion of shame. So I want to weave in some of her work. Um, this is from her book, Daring Greatly, but uh, Brene Brown is, I think, um, her work regarding shame really plays into our lives of blended families. And, you know, when you're having feelings like, you know, secret feelings, if you will, that you're feeling competitive with your stepchildren, I mean, immediately you got to think, what adult, you know, feels competitive with a three-year-old or a 12-year-old or a six-year-old? I mean, so what happens is, when you have those feelings, they become unspeakable. And for me, when I think about it, I think it falls right into the realm of shame. So shame, remember, derives its power and makes you even feel more ashamed of yourself when it becomes unspeakable. And I think it's reasonable that you're not going to be going around telling the world that you're jealous of a two-year-old, right? Or that you're jealous of your stepchildren because we all know what you're going to hear, right? You knew what you were getting into, not really. But remember that shame also loves per perfectionists because if you tend towards perfectionism, and I don't know why I'm saying this, this isn't based on any fact, but just from talking to so many stepmoms, I kind of have this feeling that a lot of us expect a great deal from ourselves and that we tend towards the perfectionist because it's very easy to keep a perfectionist quiet. Very easy. So, and it's very easy also that once that cycle of shame starts, that you feel like you just can't believe you're feeling this feeling, it immediately goes to your worthiness. Immediately shame moves that, you know what, we're not worthy of something. Maybe not worthy of our partner's love, not worthy of something about ourselves. And then... Where does it move to? When you look at the work and the study about shame, it's that basic fear of disconnection. Because once we start feeling shameful about how we feel, what we've done, you, you name it, psychologically, emotionally, 
spiritually, cognitively. Remember, we're completely wired to belong. That's what gives purpose and meaning for our lives. And it's such an intensely painful feeling, as Dr. Brown says, or or experience of believing that we're flawed, therefore unworthy of love and belonging. And it's a very painful thing, and I mean down to the psychological and physical feelings of pain. It's a fear, fear, excuse me, of feeling disconnected. And I'm not sure that um, being part of a blended family, especially in a stepmom position, that you're not at the hub of feeling that fear of disconnection. And married up with having feelings that you know, I mean, are just, you may feel that, quote, are just not, quote, right. What does that do? It makes you feel like you're a bad person therefore unworthy, and you're into that cycle, round and around and around, okay? So what can you do about it? So first thing um, is that remember that you've got a very normal types of feelings, and your monkey mind, or our monkey mind that we all share, can be absolutely terrifying to all of us. And so, first thing you do is own the insanity. Believe me, you can change it. And just feel the joy and relief of realizing that we're all a bit nuts and that everybody um, is judging probably everybody else, but it means absolutely nothing. So, judging your tendency to judge or comparing your tendency to comparing is just as crazy, right? It's monkey mind. We're born with it. It's okay. It's okay. So what do you do is you separate yourself from your monkey mind. We've talked about this technique before in dealing with other issues around our blended families, but I'd like you to practice it again. And it's like this. I want you to talk objectively to your monkey mind. If you'd like, name your monkey mind. Hello, monkey mind. I am so glad to see you again. And you know what? I just noticed something. All these thoughts that you're having, I appreciate them, but that's not me. And when, believe it or not, when you disconnect from your mind and talk to your mind as a third person, it actually makes you feel calmer and freer and literally starts to get your mind to disconnect from your monkey habits, right? Um, Sometimes if you feel like you're just so disconnect, I'm sorry, just so deeply, let me try it again, entrenched in your comparing mind, you might need a little bit more help. But in general, this kind of inner conversation, detaching yourself from your right mind and from this kind of crazy comparison actually helps. So, another thing too, step number two, celebrate the fact that you're not perfect. Celebrate your failures if you want to think of it that way. And think about it. When you are sitting around, let's say with your friends, and if you think about the times you've really had like some great happy hours, or you're sitting around just laughing, just having the most delightful time, If you really were to think about it, what were you thinking about or talking about? Probably about some failures that you've had. 
right? Or something silly that you've done or something, you know, crazy thoughts that you've had. For those of us that um, are members of Stepmom Life Class, our secret Facebook group, we know, like, when are some of the posts the funniest in the world? That's when we are laughing and laughing and laughing, when we're thinking these crazy thoughts about some stuff that goes on in our house and in our homes. OMG, I'm thinking of some of them now, and they're hysterical. They're absolutely hysterical. So let's just, you know what? We could celebrate the failures, and we can absolutely celebrate um, these thoughts that we might have about, you know, in this case, actually being jealous of a 12-year-old. I mean, it's really crazy. And here's technique number three. Don't, it may seem counterintuitive, but compliment those that upon which you're jealous. When you're in compa- comparing mode, like, oh, they da 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 it feels like you're handing over a victory if you actually compliment them. But actually, it helps to break up your monkey mind. So um, if there's, you know, a child that interrupted, and instead of doing the normal thing, which would be to nag your partner to death about how they just interrupted you and just, you know, nothing you do, or most likely what most of us probably do is turn around in silence and just quietly bitch under our breath, then, you know, if you turn around and actually compliment perhaps your partner or the person that you might be comparing yourself to, it also can break up the system of monkey mind. So deliberately looking for positive things in others can't physiologically be done inside a monkey mind. It can't be done because a brain in a state of appreciation can't hang on to the fear and defensiveness that makes us compare, contrast, and feel shame. Um, So... For example, there's a book called What Happy People Know. It's by uh, Dr. Dan Baker. And he says that the appreciative mind, um, actually using a technique calling the top five, so it's when you describe like the top five most beautiful sights you've ever seen, the top five most joyful moments of your life, the top five kindest things that everyone, anyone has ever done for you, for example, literally breaks the cycle. It literally breaks the cycle. Let me give you one more tip and we'll wrap up. Take the time that you get from your ignoring time, right? I'll call it the ignoring time. I'm going to vote that a lot of stepmothers have a lot of ignoring time and do something else. We've got a choice here, right? You can look at it like, I can't believe I was in mid-sentence I was about to say something that is just so critically important to myself, and I just got completely ignored. My partner's, you know, doesn't care about me, doesn't love me, loves his children, quote, more. Or you can take that time and literally do something else for yourself. Call a great friend, pick up a book and start to read it. This is kind of boring, but finish the laundry maybe, or fold it or something, or do that project at work that you didn't get to finish or, you know, go sit down in front of the television and watch some meaningless show, but it's so relaxing. So look at it like an opportunity and not like this big statement 
of you being rejected and not loved. I guarantee you that's not the case. I guarantee it's much more of a case of someone being torn in a million directions, that is your partner and, of course, us too, that is trying to keep everything afloat. They love you just the same. It's just that there's so many awake hours and they're torn. And they're hoping that you have enough confidence in yourself and you understand your own worthiness enough to withstand type some of the pressures, the unique pressures that we have in the family. And they're hoping that you can conquer your monkey mind. So with that, we're going to wrap up, and I hope it was helpful. In the meantime, if you feel like you'd like additional support, well, hopefully you know where you can find us at theevilstepmotherspeaks.com, obviously, where you'll see ongoing blogs and other tips regarding our lives as stepmothers. There's also an open Facebook page, theevilstepmotherspeaks.com. Feel free to like it. And there's a secret page called Stepmom Life Class. On that one, you're going to have to get permission from me, if you will, to get in as that's a sacred space where we openly vent and openly share ideas for um, coping with our step family lives. If you'd like to join the group, please friend me, Barbara Brody Goldberg on Facebook. And I think if you just do Barbara Goldberg and search for me on Facebook, um, you should be able to find me. If not, drop me a note um, on the website or um, at Barb at the Evil Stepmother Speaks, and I will get you into the group. Um, of course, there's my book, The Evil Stepmother Speaks, The Guide for Step Families Who Want to Love and Laugh. I promise it's an easy read. You will definitely laugh your way through, and hopefully uh, some of the advice may resonate and may help you. So feel free. You can find that on the site, um, on my site, where I also include uh, a free class of me actually teaching the first several chapters. Or, of course, on any e-reader, Amazon, and any of the others, you can find The Evil Stepmother Speaks there. And if you feel like you need additional help, I offer one-on-one coaching anytime. You'll see that on the website under Stepmom Support, or again, send me an email. Find us on Twitter at Stepmom Speaks. Is that enough? Is that enough? I hope so. So with that, I hope to hear from you. Hope today's class was helpful and that you enjoyed it. And we'll talk to you next time. Take care. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.